Yes, Jesus, great God and Savior, we praise you. Image of the invisible God, the one by whom, through whom, and for whom all things were created. We praise you, Jesus. We welcome you here, Lord God. We ask that you would engage us by your spirit. Help us turn our eyes to you and hear your living word in your word this morning. Amen. Wow, that is a good song. That's the first time for me, so wow. Woo! It's kind of about Jesus. That's, that's what I'm picking up here. Listen to what John, one of the eyewitnesses, one of those guys who walked, talked, ate with Jesus, says about him in 1 John 1. That which was from the beginning, the very, very beginning, which we have heard, which we have seen with our eyes, our very own eyes, which we have looked at and our hands have touched. This we proclaim concerning the word of life. The life appeared. That eternal, from the very beginning, always there, word of life appeared. We have seen it and testified to it, and we proclaim to you the eternal life which was with the Father and has appeared to us. God, the Son, the eternal Word of God, took on human flesh so that we would know Him, so that we could see Him, understand Him. The image of the invisible God, the Son is the radiance of God's glory, the exact representation of His being. So to see Jesus is to see God. To hear His words is to hear the words of God. God Most High. It's, it's a staggering truth. God Most High, the greatest one, who created all this great creation out there, came in human form to be with us. He lowered himself. The greatest one lowered himself. And I was trying to think of, I was with my creative team last night over dinner at the dinner table. That's Levi, my son. <clears throat> and we were like, what do you compare that to? The greatest one becoming one of us, that lowering of oneself. And this is a bit of a joke, but this is as far, close as we could get. So um, this is in a Florida grocery store. Uh, do you know who this is? Yeah. All right. The greatest football player ever. All right. Yeah. All right. So he's just in a grocery store. So you're in the grocery stores. You're just picking out your, your Weetabix or whatever you eat. And there's Leo Messi walking down the aisle. He appeared. We saw him. Snap, 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 snap. That's as close as we can get. It's silly. I know it's ridiculous, right? But here we are. Look at what Jesus, uh, look at who Jesus is. This, this time we're going to move from John to another one who saw Jesus, the risen Lord Jesus. This is Paul in Philippians 2. Listen to what he says. He wants us to know it. Christ Jesus, who, though he was in the form of God, the very nature of God, divine, he did not count equality with God a thing to be grasped, a thing to be held onto at all costs. But he did something different. He emptied himself. He lowered himself by, listen, taking the form of a servant, being born in human likeness. This is a staggering truth. We, we have to capture it. Listen to this fill in. This is how the word of God, the eternal one, decided to appear among us. He came, first fill in, in the form of a servant. A man. 
And see, a man by nature, a human by nature, is a servant in relationship to God. We are created. He is creator. We are, when we're in right relationship with God, we are in the role, the mindset of a servant in relationship to God, our Lord and King, Lord of nations. He took on human form, the form of a servant. He's greater than all humanity, and yet he surprisingly, shockingly, decided to come in human flesh and blood as one of us fellow servants. Listen to how Jesus thinks of himself, says it in Mark 10, 45. Listen in your bulletin. Go down to verse 45 here. The Son of Man, that was Jesus' favorite way of, of referring to himself. That's a messianic title, a glorious messianic title from Daniel 7, uh, 13 and 14. The Son of Man, he's talking about himself, did not come, listen, to be served, which he deserves, rightly so, but to serve, but to serve others but to come for others, to help others. And what was Jesus's supreme act of service for you and me, the act of service that none of us could accomplish by ourselves or for ourselves? 10.45, listen to the rest of it. The Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve and to give his life as a ransom, a ransom payment for many, for you, for me, for many out there still. He came as a ransom for you and me. Listen to Philippians 2 again. Christ Jesus, who though he is in the form of God, did not consider equality with God a thing to be grasped, held on to at all costs, but he emptied himself by taking the form of a servant, being born in the likeness of men, human likeness, and being found in human form. Listen, he humbled himself. God most high humbled himself by becoming obedient to the point of death, even death on a cross, the lowest, most humble, most degrading death you can imagine for you and me. To pay the ransom, to pay the price that releases us from sin and death and Satan and hell. Thank you, Jesus. Is this great? Is this astonishing? Come on, man. <laughs> It's, it's shocking, God's goodness. It's a, who does this? King Herod in Jesus' day, would he do this? No, no, no. He would hold on to power at all costs, kill family members to keep it. Emperor Augustus Tiberius, would he, would he do this? No, 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 no. Slaughtered others. The true king of kings, the creator God comes and he lays down his life for his enemies to rescue us from death. It's surprising. And it was a stumbling block. It was a shocking stumbling block. It was so astonishing that the Jewish leaders, the religious leaders were like, no, 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 no. What? No, uh-uh. Some guy from Nazareth, born of who? Mary? No, 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 no. Yes. Yes, yes, yes. God's surprising, shocking truth that's surprising twist number one, right? I mean, let's capture it. Next fill in your bulletin. In obedient service to God the Father, Jesus the Son lowered himself for the eternal, eternal good of others, of you and me and others still out there. Surprising truth number two, there's more. 
although he existed in the form of God, didn't grasp onto that, humbled himself. He humbled himself by becoming obedient to death, even death on a cross. Verse 9 now, Philippians 2, therefore God does something. It's not the end of the story, death on the cross, no. Verse 9, therefore God has highly exalted him and bestowed on him the name that is above every name, so that the name of Jesus every knee should bow. That's rightly related to Jesus. In heaven and on earth and under the earth, that's everywhere, y'all. In every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. That's what should be happening. That's what's happening in our lives, right? We've bowed the knee to Lord Jesus. Thankfully, we've recognized who he is. God opened our eyes. Here's a uh, completion of that fill-in. In obedient service to God the Father, Jesus the Son lowered himself for the eternal good of others, for you and me, and was then exalted to the highest place. You see that path? God most high, the word of life, who was in the beginning. He humbled himself, lowered himself, became a man. Lowered himself, laid down his life for you and me on a cross. And God highly exalted him to the highest place. King of kings, Lord of lords. God has shown us something big here. That path is critical for us to get into our minds. The path to true honor, glory, exaltation, true greatness is down. That's the way up. The way up, truly up, true greatness, true honor by God is down. And God didn't just tell us about it. He came and walked it out first for you and me. For real consequences, our salvation, the way up is down. Not just for God, but for you and me now. That is the path he blazed, he pioneered for you and me now to follow. For you and me to now attach ourselves and follow. That's the next villain. This is the path for us to follow. Now, if you are in relationship with Christ today, if you have been saved by God, if you're in this, right? How'd you get there? How did you come into that salvation? How did you hear about this salvation? How did you hear about this in the first place? From a long line of people who came before you, right? For me, it was, you know, closer into history. It was my mom praying for me. You know, by the time I got into high school, college, grew up in Catholic church, I was like, nah, that's my parents' stuff. And, but then after college, God brought me in. And one of the things I talked to my mom uh, after I became a believer, I'm like, I, I'm a believer. I talked to her in this parking lot. I think it was after dinner somewhere. And she was tearing up. I was tearing up. She's like, I can't believe it. I've been praying for you. I can't believe it. I've been praying for you. And uh, it's happened. My mom was there consistently praying for me and her daughters to come to know this Lord. She served me in that way, right? She, she helped me. She laid down her life, in a sense, her time, her energy, in praying for her kids. Uh, my sister opened up her, her house to me after college. I graduated, went to move in with her. She was a born-again born again believer by that time. And, uh, you know, she was nice. She was, you know, she's my sister. And, you know, and then her roommate, Kathy, who's also a believer, she made room for me in the house. 
little acts of service, little sacrifices to help somebody that, you know, they were just part of the puzzle, come to know Jesus. Um, Joseph's friends invited me into their small group. They invited me into their lives. They, they took time to get to know me, to welcome me, to, to pray for me. You know, uh, I remember this one time I was, I was trying to figure out what to do with my life and my job and trying to get into my first job. And my sister came alongside me and said, can I pray for you? It's like, yeah, okay. These little acts of service help me come into this great salvation. Help me see God's great and necessary act of service for me, for all people. How about you? Who helped you along the way? Who served you? Who sacrificed for you? Who laid it down a little bit to help you come and know and come into this great salvation? Any names pop to mind? Say it out. Enoch. Enoch. My mother. Those mothers are great, aren't they? Yeah. One more. Lots of people. This now is the path for us to follow, to be part of. Jesus could just take us up with us, with him, right? We're seated with Christ in the heavenly realms right now. We're on earth. And what's he doing in the meantime? Why doesn't he just take us, man? Life can be hard sometimes. Why are we still here? Because we have work to do. We've got an opportunity to step into something great. Listen to what Jesus says. This, listen to how Jesus wants you and me to frame our lives and think about how to live. Mark 10 again. This is 1045, but I'm backing up to verse 43 now. Start with this. He's talking to his disciples. He's talking to people who are in Christ, his followers. Whoever wants to become great among you, Hey, do you want to become great, honored, exalted, successful? That's another word we put in there. Do you want to live a life that's worthwhile, that has impact? Whoever wants to do that, whoever wants to be great, must be your servant. The way up is down. And whoever wants to be first must be slave of all, the lowest. The path up is down. For even the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve and give his life as a ransom for many. Now, this is a very different message from what the world will tell you, from what your flesh will tell you, from what other spirits will tell you. The message of the world is, hey, the greatest one is served. Serve the best whenever they need it, right? Our, our whole economy, our consumer economy is built on this model and it trains us. We've been formed by it. We wanna be on top. You don't wanna be a servant. That's the last thing you want to do. The way up is the way up, according to the world. And push and crawl and claw to get yourself up there. Right? Me over you. Oh, you over me. Oh, me over you. That's the way of the world. And Jesus is saying, no, the way up is down. I lower myself in loving service to you. Oh, yeah? I want to be greater than that. I'm going to lower myself in loving service to you. Isn't that a wild way to think about life? That's success. That's greatness. That's being first, is lowering self in service to others. Whoever wants to be great must be your servant. Whoever wants to be first must be slave of all. Slave of all. And make sure we don't miss that message because it's astonishing. It's, it's counterintuitive. It's, it's countercultural. 
Jesus did something really amazing. So we'd never forget this message, this, this idea. John 13, uh, first part of this is not in your bulletin, but it's on the screen here. Listen, John 13. This is uh, the, the Last Supper, right? The night before Jesus goes to the cross in that supreme act of service for us. It was just before the Passover festival. Jesus knew that the hour had come for him to leave this world and go to the Father. So he got up from the meal, took off his outer clothing, and wrapped a towel around his waist, like a household servant. After that, he poured water into a basin and began to wash his disciples' feet, drying them with a towel that was wrapped around him. When he had finished washing their feet, he put on his clothes, returned to his place. Their jaws are down here. Do you understand what I've done for you? He asked them. You call me teacher and Lord, and rightly so, for that is what I am. Now that I, your Lord and teacher, have washed your feet, you also should wash one another's feet. I have set you an example that you should do as I have done for you. If you want to honor God with your life, if you want to live it to the full, to have a successful, impactful life, if you want the joy of being used by God for the advancement of his eternal, glorious kingdom, the only thing that lasts in this world, the rest is hay and stubble. If you want to be part of that, if you want to serve God most high, if you want to be a blessing to others and be blessed, then listen to what Jesus said again. Do as I have done for you. He did it first. Just do as what, what I've done for you. Follow Jesus by laying down your life for others through loving acts of service. Loving acts of service. If you're in Jesus, that is the target he has set for us. Individually and as a church together, that's the direction he points us into. So if you want that, you know, it's not a salvation issue. You know, none of your acts of service can put you in right standing with God. All right, you're saved because of his act of service for you and me. But if you want to step into this more, if you want to be part of this eternal lasting work that God is doing in the world, here's how. Here's how to serve with real lasting and, and truly good impact. All right, four things here. Number one, quickly and joyfully do whatever Jesus the King prompts you to do. Quickly and joyfully do whatever Jesus the King prompts you to do. And he spelled out a lot for us about what he wants us to do. He's what he's commanded, it's been written down for us, it's in the New Testament, be in his word, just so that you know what Jesus has called us to do. And Jesus is present with us right now, and wherever you go, if you are in Christ, he is in you, and he's ready by spirit to prompt you to loving acts of service that will have good, lasting impact. If you're willing, if you're tuned in, if you are ready to do that quickly and so forth. Got an example for you. So a few years back, I'm in a parking lot, Safeway, just come out of the grocery stores, did not see Lino Messi there, but came out and uh, I'm, in a, I'm in a hurry. And so I'm going by and this lady uh, comes up to me and I'm kind of going this way and she's very uh, distressed and uh, she needs help. She's asking me for help. 
And I'm like, oh, I need to go, but you are a person. <laughs> Christ is in me. So yes, hi. Um, so I talked to her and you know, her, her car is dead. It's beyond jumping. She needs a tow and she doesn't have any money, and uh, what I call tow truck, and hey, would you pay to get me towed? And I look her over and I look at the car, and the car's just filled with stuff, and I'm like, is she a hoarder? Is she living in the car? It's a big black hole of need, and I gotta go somewhere. But Jesus is in me, nudging me this way. Right, that's the battle, right? We're, we all, we've all been there. Will I quickly, joyfully do whatever the king prompts me to do? Well, I did in that instance. Good example, positive example here for you. And, uh, you know, talked to her, and yeah, I was like, okay, it's going to cost some money, but, you know, time. So I call the tow truck, and they come, I pay for it, and I'll tell you the rest of that story soon. But I had to do it quickly because this is what will happen, right? That other voice will be there in your mind. Ah, I don't have time. Dude. You got a family support, you're going to give money. You know, you don't know what her situation is. You know, all those voices that will say, no, 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 no. Pump the brakes, Wayne. And the other voice, King Jesus, prompting you a particular way. Now, it is not an exact science. Sometimes it's hard to know, right? But at the end of the day, I want to err on the side of following Jesus, following that prompting, rather than err on the side of playing it safe and bearing my talent, right? That's where we want to be. End of the day, I want to hear good and faithful servant from Jesus. Yeah, you missed it a few times, Wayne, for sure, but good job. We all have that opportunity, and we can start right now. We're all qualified, because we are in Christ, and we have the Spirit of God in us, to follow him quickly and joyfully. Joyfully, you know, that's like graduate level stuff. I mean, because, you know, I could be grumbly about helping her out. Yeah, well, you know, if you pull your life together, you wouldn't be in this predicament, you know. But no, joyfully, joyfully, quickly. All right, here's the deal. We do this not because of that person in front of us, ultimately, because they're going to let us down. They're going to be ungrateful. They're going to be in that hole again, right? We do this because of who King Jesus is because of the one who is prompting us. Because of him, we quickly and joyfully obey his promptings. We wanna be part of this, right? This is good, this is good, this is a great opportunity, so let's not miss it. How do you serve with real, lasting, good impact? Quickly, joyfully do whatever King Jesus prompts you to do. Number two, with a readiness to get messy and be uncomfortable. That's the next one, right? get messy. It's, it's not uh, like fun. The work of a servant is not fun. You know, those disciples' feet, they were not like robed in nice, clean socks and new tennis shoes. They were not walking around on pavement. They were walking on dirty, dusty, dungy roads. And they come in, these sandal, sandaly, gnarly, you know, feet. And Jesus washes their feet. Lord and Master does that. Says, now you guys do the same. Be ready to get dirty. I remember this one, this one thing came to mind. Uh, we had bought this discipleship and outreach house in San Francisco, and we bought this new house, and uh, the first big rain came, and we had a kind of a, a garage that went down for some reason. The, it went down, and so water went in there, and then, you know, it's filling up with this gray, mucky, nasty water, right? And we're all looking at it like, hmm, you know, what do we do? 
And, and I knew I had to step into that muck and find a drain and, you know, get a plunger and, <laughs> and it was messy and it was dirty. And uh, it popped in and it went down the drain and it was, woohoo! <laughs> gotta be ready to get messy. Um, back to Pat, you gotta be uncomfortable, right? I got to know Pat, uh, the relationship uh, developed. That was the woman I, I saw at Safeway. And uh, wow, she was difficult. And there's some mental illness there. And there's just, I, I, there's times where I was uncomfortable. What am I, you know, what do I do? How do I respond to this? Uh, I remember Lisa McGinnis telling me about her first time, you know, saying yes to go to, I think it was Myanmar. I think she went there first for this safe house, this um, anti-trafficking work uh, in the Southeast Asia. And she's like, wow, it's a long trip. And you get there, you get into another culture. Sam will tell you this. You don't always know the right thing to do. You got to be willing to be uncomfortable. If you're not willing to be uncomfortable, you will, will not do the things that God calls you to do. He's not worried about your comfort. He wants to grow you, stretch you, make you dependent on him, and then see him work through you. How to serve with real, lasting, eternal impact. Quickly, joyfully do whatever Jesus the King prompts you to do. That's number one. Number two, with readiness to get messy and be uncomfortable. Number three, in a way that points people to Jesus. All right, so I, I call this tow truck. I, I pay for it, and she's tearing up. She's so thankful. You know, she says, you're great. You're so kind. And this just came to me. I was like, I'm actually not. I'm pretty selfish, and I'm doing this because of Jesus. And when I said it, she just, there was just a God moment, right? Just one of those Holy Spirit God moments in her and me. And this is critical. When we do these loving acts of service that Jesus prompts us to do, it's critical to point people to Jesus. Because that is the act of service that we truly need. We can help each other out in temporal ways. But the thing that we all need is to know about Jesus, his loving act of service for us. That saves us from hell. That saves us from eternity separated from God. From that doom, point people to Jesus. It's simple. It's little things. You know, we don't have to, you know, hey, I'm doing this because of Jesus. You know, but there, there'll be moments we have an opportunity to honor Jesus. Uh, we, we do this Thanksgiving dinner thing um, in Monument Corridor, a group called Monument Impact, and we, we bring these Thanksgiving dinners, and we're like, how do we, how do we draw attention to Jesus? Because we're doing it because of him. Right? Any loving, sacrificial bone in our bodies is from him. It's from his spirit. So at the end, we decided, hey, let's, let's circle up. It was a little bit uncomfortable. Hey, I don't know. Are people going to like this? Is this okay? Circled up, prayed, thank Jesus. You know, just so people make that connection, connect those dots. Because we, that's what, that's what people really need. And if you don't do that, what you're going to do is create a dependency on you right? Which if you don't point people to Jesus, you know, the reason, the source, the, the thing that they really need, they're going to praise you and lift you up, which is nice, but they're also going to get grumbly and, you know, you're going to be like, well, why am I doing this anyway? They're not even thanking me. Well, you're doing it because of Jesus, 
right? We do those loving acts of service, not for the reward from that person, not for praise from one another, but for praise from God, right? The other's bonus, right? And we should pull out each other and yeah, good job, that was awesome, right? Encourage one another in this. But it's about Jesus. We serve others, these loving acts of obedience, and don't help people know it's because of Jesus, we are missing the big picture. So let's figure out, and he'll give you a way to do that every time. All right, so we got three there. That last one was serve in a way that points people to Jesus. Number four, number four, we do it together. We do it together in a body like this. When God calls you to himself, he calls you into a body of other believers, other flawed, you know, flailing, you know, people uh, in process, right? To serve our king together. And it's beautiful because, you know, I don't have the same gifts and talents that Gary has, that Kathy has, uh, different passions, different roles. We all have different roles on this team and we need one another. And if we really truly want to be a fruitful, impactful body of Christ led by the king, the head of this body, then that means each one of us needs to participate. All of us are in, all of us matter. We need every role in this team filled so that we can have eternal, good, lasting impact. So don't shrink back, step in. This is a shameless call to ministry, uh, but it's shameless on your behalf because it's for your good and it's for God's glory and it's for the good of the world who are dying without him. We have a role to play. The consequences are real and eternal. So let's get in. If you haven't been in for a while, get back in. If you've been in up to your eyeballs, re-up. <laughs> because what else are we going to do? You're going to spend some more time scrolling or, you know, this is the time. The time is short. Yeah. Here God is advancing. And those who are forcefully taking hold of it, advance it. We get to be in. A couple questions to leave you with. For you to ask Jesus this morning. And you can do this as we go into this last song. Um, here's number one. In what ways are you regularly helping others know and follow Jesus? In what ways are you regularly helping people know and follow Jesus? Isn't that the most critical thing? Helping others know the King, know about Him, that the Word of Life appeared and made His dwelling among us, and you need Him? What ways are you regularly helping others know and for those who know Jesus, begin to follow him with us? In what ways are you doing that? Um, I have a, a gal is really sweet. Uh, we went away for a couple weeks to Ohio and we, we know these people go there every year. And there's this gal I met several years back, uh, Betsy Geiger, an older lady, uh, her husband died a couple years ago and I saw her for the first time in, in a few years uh, this summer. And she told me, she said, I pray for you every day. And she's like, you know, her body's breaking down. She's 90 something. And, and that's how she's serving. Isn't that amazing? And if she's praying for me, she's got a long list, right? Because <laughs> it's just astonishing. Wow, what a loving act of service on behalf of somebody else. That's how she's participating, helping others know and follow Jesus right? It's the small things. It's not the grandiose things. It's the hidden things. It's the things that our Father sees and other people don't see. 
It's the visible things too, but in what ways are you regularly helping others know and follow Jesus? You get to be in. Don't miss the opportunity. Next question, in what ways does Jesus, here we go, looking ahead, want you to help others know and follow him in this new ministry year? So this is July, you know, kind of ministry year. It's like the school year. We kick it off. And uh, so it's a good time to stop and ask Jesus the King, what are you prompting me to do? There's urgency here. The time is short. I don't know when he's coming back. Do you? Nobody knows. Or I don't know when my life is done here and I'm with him, but I'm going to see him face to face and so are you. Let's go into his presence ready to hear the word. Well done, good and faithful servant. Let's stand and pray together. Well, it all begins with you, God. It all begins with you. It all begins with you. We thank you, God, for coming for us when we were far from you, for coming for us. We thank you for all those servants of yours who played a small role in helping us come to know you, Lord God. And Jesus, we want to be in. We want to be on the field. Send us in, Lord Jesus. Help us know what you are saying to us today. Give us ears to hear your word to each of us. Help us know it in this time together right now. Help us know in the coming weeks, Lord. Help us be quick to obey, joyfully knowing that you're going to use us in this great, awesome, eternal work of advancing your kingdom in this world. Thank you, Lord, for the opportunity. Amen. Amen.